Hi and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement. People who are committed to and who are showcasing planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Anna Naturalista. Anna is known by our clients around the world as a peacemaker, a negotiator, and spiritual advisor, often referred to as their fairy godmother, thanks to her fiercely loving embrace. Anna specializes in the fields of biology, finance, and culture change by living her purpose of creating systems of harmony for concierge clients and conscious businesses. And so with these words, welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Julian. So happy to be here to share everything that we're here to do with your listeners and, and your group and your following. So thank you for bringing this awareness to the world. Yes, thank you. Let's jump in. We're, it's, I think, April 6th today to get a little bit of context for when we're recording this. Uh, coronavirus is still like totally active in the world. People are in lockdown. We're learning a lot about going deeper within or sharing kindness without if we, if we can. So my first question is like, what do you, what do you reckon is most required in this world right now um, for, for people to embrace? Ah, yes, let's, let's uh, go straight in, right? <laughs> it's like, that's, that's one of my specialties is not sugarcoating anything and delivering that, uh, that level of clarity. And that's what I really feel right now is a, a big necessity on our planet is the, the level of information and wisdom and guidance is shifting faster than ever. And just like our lifestyles have shifted, our uh, normalcy is uh, now unknown. Everything from resources to jobs to finances is again unknown and that is causing a lot of uh, possible anxiety or fear or panic in some cases. It's, um, also, it's very real, this experience that we're all going through uh, in different ways and different uh, intensities. And so what's important to realize is that this timeline, this 2020 decade has been prophesized by ancient scripts and indigenous cultures and timeline systems for thousands thousands of years. We can go back to hieroglyphics from 20,000 years ago and they're pointing at this timeline right now. So the way things are showing up is absolutely in divine order with the universe and that's the first thing to get a grip on is realizing that this is exactly where we're supposed to be right now. This is part of our evolutionary process as a global society of humanity. The earth itself, the green planet, blue planet, earth itself is evolving and growing, right? Uh, and we are all part of that ecosystem. So what I also feel and have been uh, teaching in my leadership academy is that this is uh, more so a pandemic of the mind and belief systems and consciousness than it is of an actual viral uh, infection. So yes, it is very serious. It is a uh, medical biological condition and um, there are many of us who have already gone through the, uh, the virus and are even healthier on the other side of it. So there's, again, a cellular evolution that's happening because something that um, I'd love to share just real quick about the actual virus itself is that I actually talked about this in some of my videos and sharing in a prophecies class that I teach that um, this was back when was it in August or so when the fires in the Amazon and India, Africa, uh, Australia, I mean, there were the the world was on fire. It was a red planet, you know, for quite a few months there. And that was the time when we had the most amount of wildfires that were intentionally set wildfires for the most part ever in human history. And from that, with the melting of the, of the ice caps, with the burning of the forest, mixing with pollution, 
that created this superbug potentiality and it's just the first one. So this is a training, this is a preparation, this is what we get to really adapt our lifestyles, our immune system, and again, I want to go back to the belief systems because we are here to evolve and create innovative solutions as these things come up, right? So it really is no surprise to many of the scientists and uh, innovators and business people that I work with. They're like, well, of course, everybody knew something was going to happen <laughs> around this time. Totally. So yeah, curious to me that you know you're 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 hitting the nail on the head with this like adaptability. It seems to me that that's like one of our main human skills, you know, being able to actually adapt, but then also being able to collaborate and create better solutions, as you said. Like even people who went through the virus, the actual like immunity on the other end of it might 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 be higher, but situations like that will will most likely occur and continue to occur until we really find a way to live in balance and in harmony with nature and the systems that are given on this planet. And so, like, what do you think it takes for humans to actually learn from the past or to learn from a situation like that and, and really not go back to business as usual? Because um, I think this is part of one of the intuitive warnings that I personally keep getting is like, let's never go back to what we call business as usual in quotation marks here. Yeah, the, the, the new normal is being created right now. So things of the past, even a month ago or two months ago, won't exist again in that way. It's just not possible. Now that we know what we know, what we're experiencing, then to go back to that would be like the antithesis to wisdom or consciousness or evolution completely. It's literally like, why would you digress? Why would we do that, right? Now we have this awareness and this reflective uh, ability and the wisdom from that of saying, okay, now um, I, I have, I'm hearing it from a lot of people. I, I wish I didn't buy all those extra things I really don't need and will never use again. Uh, I wish I started taking supplements and growing my own food and having a natural garden so I sourced for my own sustainability. Uh, all of these, you know, I wish I would have. Well, then do it now. Right. Let's stop. Again, that's in the past. Let's fast forward, bring it to this current timeline and figure it out from here on on. And that's uh, it's impossible. Business as it was uh, commercialization, capitalism as it was, is no longer acceptable. It just is not. And this is where in uh, the Path of the Prophecies class, I just taught about how in um, the, uh, the ancient one of the uh, what's his name? Sri Swami Sri Ateshwar. And he is one of the teachers of Kriya Yoga. And in one of his books, I believe it was The Holy Science, he mentions that when we have the merge of consciousness and technology, we will have the awakening of the ages. And that's where we're at right now. And so we have consciousness that's represented by our indigenous tribes, our elders, uh, the ancient civilizations, those who are the wisdom keepers that have carried and bridged that into our reality and at least into some of the, the spiritual or the uh, natural belief systems that many of us have the foundation of, yet the practical sense of living that on a daily basis has, mm -hmm. is, is where it's at. And this is really impl implementing that into your daily life, into your daily thoughts, your belief systems, the choices that you make, everything from the, the type of water that you drink, the purified, structured, natural as possible water to the food because your immune system is mostly in your gut. And the immune system of the planet is in the soil, right? And that's one of the most important things about our immune system that we have really separated from is the connection with the actual earth and with the soil biology and with like even walking barefoot, right? There are so many microbes that we could pick up that help to feed our immune system just from being out in nature and walking on bare feet and having our hands touch trees and all of those things that we would naturally do as hunters and gatherers. Yet fast forward into this high tech age, now enter, uh, you know, the whole industrial revolution and internet and these high technology systems. And we even have robots pretending to be humans now. Like it's, yeah. 
How far from our truth are we going to go in order to prove to ourselves that that is not the way, right? I so, like how they're pretending to be humans. And, and at the same time, we used to pretend that we're machines and this is part of the, the actual belief system. You keep, you keep pointing at belief systems, right? Like one of the fundamental shifts is to go from the Newtonian understanding of the world as a machine into like a, a readiness for quantum thinking or, or an understanding of, of quantum science that everything is, is energy and, and also matter. And so I don't really see a contradiction with us being highly technologically evolved while still having the fingers and the feet in the dirt. I think it actually makes, it makes total sense to where I see the world. And, and so there's, there's quite a bit of, of work to do on the trajectory. Well, we're doing it, and the beautiful thing, and I, I remember uh, when I was about nine, maybe 10 years old, and my dad brought me to uh, Uncle John and Aunt Brenda's house, and they were you know, part of our spiritual community. We, we were uh, raised in a Kriya Yoga community, and um, I was a seed counter, and I was counting organic seeds. These non, this is when GMOs were coming out really intensely and the soil biology was being sprayed with all these crazy chemicals that have now created, again, these symptomological issues that we're having today. And uh, they were, we were counting seeds to put them in a cryogenic freezer and have them stored in Iceland. Well, guess what? That seed bank that I worked on several decades ago is now being used and opened and revived for the, the next decade of real uh, heirloom, non-GMO organic seeds. So like I knew that my teachers and my family and my community was preparing for this back then. And even before, I remember my grandmother talking about the, the Great Depression and saving everything, every little jar, every bar of soap, as you mentioned um, earlier. And really what that is showing us in the merging of technology and consciousness is that we get to be the innovators and the inventors and the solutionists that I call us, solutionists and synergists, <laughs> that get to figure this out. We get to bridge that which we know from the, the ancients and the indigenous and living in harmony with nature and really applying it to our, our modern day lives because there are some of those uh, perhaps conveniences. I wouldn't go so far to say as luxuries because um, we've gotten used to it over several generations now as a normalcy, yet, um, you know, the, it is considered luxurious in, in many parts of the world to even be in the home. So how much of that is really necessary and how much yeah, of that... Especially when we, you know, not just know, but also like fully feel that a lot of the luxuries in this world are also kind of like written out on the back of the other half of the world who's who's living not just without those conveniences, but without some like basic accesses to like, human rights, like water, shelter, food. And unacceptable. Unacceptable, absolutely. And I think it has been unacceptable for anyone with a conscience since, since forever, since a long time. But now in moments like this pandemic, I think it becomes so apparent how we, we have a chance to close that gap even further, right? And I mean, the sustainable development goals have been developed for this. And, 2020 to 2030 could turn into a golden decade if we really um, believe into our ability to innovate and to, to create those solutions. You were speaking also about the prophecies and about this being like the true start of the golden age, which, you know, at least since the 1960s, a lot of humans have been kind of opening up to. I'm curious about one point because we spoke right before the, the episode about conscious business and, you know, like, what's what's possible with, with conscious, conscious businesses and I, I would love to hear more about what you think there but my link between conscious business and the state of the world right now is also those governing institutions both in business in politics in general governance or leadership because it seems to me that waiting for those mechanisms to make the steps is obviously way too slow but at the same time there there is a lot of governance happening there is a lot of action happening that, that continues, um, you know, to, to also kind of stall this evolution. You know, if we saw it in 2008, the bailout of big, big banks, and we're seeing it right now with promises towards the oil industry again. And I think it discourages a lot of people. And so, I don't know, before I go on and rant here, I would love to hear like your perspective on, on this topic between conscious business, 
governance and like conscious leadership of the planet. Yes, thank you. That's one of my, uh, my favorite topics <laughs> because the, the true governance is of the people. The political system and those who are governing by control and fear mechanisms is, again, what's no longer acceptable, right? They've been making decisions on the behalf of others from very selfish and capitalistic views from the suffering of others, as you mentioned. And one of my favorite quotes from uh, the Buddhist belief system is, Sim live simply so that others may simply live, right? And so this is the balance, the reorder of that harmony, the harmonic systems being in balance with nature that are being restored. And just as with every single evolution or revolution in human history, whether you go back to pre-Babylonian times or uh, the you know, Jesus and Magdalene movement or Joan of Arc or even the Industrial Revolution, right? It's always been that the governance comes from the masses of the people, not the individuals at the top pulling the strings. That is just where the representation of those people have started to you know, put things into place and it's been by the conditioning through a lot of media, through a lot of commercialization, through a lot of spoiling people with uh, debt relief, with credit cards, with all of these enabling little tools and, oh, it's okay, honey, it'll be fine. Just go out and spend a few more thousand dollars on something you don't need or, you know, more sugar or uh, processed foods that we have medication for that too. Like all these little band-aids everywhere is not going to hold it together anymore. Like we're over it. And now we see it in the is a, a cracking open of, of relief systems. Our consciousness, our reality just got busted <laughs> open and this is what's been necessary. So yeah, it's absolutely time for all of those beautiful ideas and creations, whether it be uh, anything from healing arts to the new financial systems and programs like we know our beloved Lohana has the Believe platform for time bank and trading your skills online or in other ways. There are so many solutions happening right now. Uh, the jump is some of those solutions. I want to hear some of those examples because you're directly connected to some of those creators and, and work with them on like an individual basis to create connection and, and like really bring this intuitive download into the times that we're, we're in. So you were mentioning time banking. Uh, I know that the, the new internet is, is something that's been kind of worked on in the background for, for quite a while and, and, you know, like really actually giving us our sovereign rights about our data, which I think is kind of one of the demises of the internet as, as it has been going on. What other projects are out there that you know are really not just meant for the times of now, but are actually gaining the traction that deserve mainstream attention? Yeah, and are absolutely necessary, right? So let's let's go right to the green planet and blue planet part of like why we're talking right now, why everything is so important. And that is, I start with water because I'm part of the Hopi water clan and Shamana. Water, and, yeah. Yes, and I, three and a half years ago, I was on the front lines at Standing Rock and feeding the people and giving them, you know, all of the healing, love, food, firewood, everything. So water is life. Water is why we can sustain life. So that is one of the key focuses in some of the technology companies that I'm working with that are creating structured water systems and purification. There's... Uh, beautiful innovations with that. There are a lot of organic gardeners right now that were some top high level, you know, C level position executives in corporations that have now gone back to what they love doing the most and that's playing in the dirt, right? Playing with nature, with the seeds and watching these plants grow and produce food. And these organic gardeners have now gotten together with the brilliance of their, of their mind, of their passion, of nature, and with knowing how to do business and created all of these beautiful solutions that neutralize the chemicals that have pretty much destroyed a lot of the agricultural soil systems in the world. So then we get to replenish that. Now we know we have the One Trillion Trees initiative and using technology, putting tree pods and seeds in drones and then having the drones drop the seeds so that can happen much faster right now granted there are a lot of people that are very willing to go plant trees everywhere right now on the planet especially since 
we had a major uh, burning event this past year where there were more fires on the planet than at any given time in history that we've known of. So this is a major restoration of our soil systems, our ecosystem in the, the trees and the, the forests, and of course, our water. So this is where we require the most innovative solutions in order for humanity to survive and better yet to thrive. So with that, we have then the sharing of those systems. We have new social media platforms that are connected to uh, decentralized tokens or other forms of currency. There's a new currency coming out that's actually going to be the first gold-backed currency since the original trade of money or creation of money. So that gets to be shared. And then through the platform you mentioned of the uh, autonomous internet with a threefold that's an amazing technology company that is highly evolved and conscious. They were also there at uh, the World Economic Forum in, when was that, January already? Yeah, <laughs> that was quick. So um, yeah, there's so many of us that have, what I feel is we've kind of been hiding behind the curtain for some time. And Absolutely, yeah. Right. And have you noticed you study Tesla or some of these other um, inventors and physicists? And it's been, especially since the, the capitalism uh, movement and that type of governance, which is now losing traction quickly, is that they prevented any of these inventions from actually being accessible or used. Uh, because there were ways that they could capitalize on other people's efforts and money and time and energy. And again, that's not acceptable anymore. So we're going back to those original energy producing devices, to air purification, to uh, living with more plants in our daily life. So all of those inventions, all of those scientific systems and inloads from the universe and divine purposes, that's really what is the greatest awakening right now through the application of what we know we're here to do and be and share and having that platform of technology be a place for us to share it with security and sovereignty. Beautiful. I love the picture you were painting with the drones dropping uh, seeds. You know, it's like Buckminster Fuller's word kind of turned real where we go from investing into weaponry to more livingry or we use what was created possibly for weaponry to then create more livingry and the circumstances and the environment for, for livingry. Yeah, even yeah. some of the top families from, uh, you know, the, the early American pioneering days, the, the, the Rockefellers are the, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of these uh, founding wealth families are now going back to fix and heal the issues that their families actually were the initiators of. And they created a program from oil to soil where they're now investing more in organic farming solutions and bringing back, uh, you know, home gardening and really repairing the soil biology because it was mostly oil and all the pollutions from oil and chemical industry from oil <laughs> that gets to be restored to the harmonic nature of soil. So, you know, everyone's getting the wake-up call. Thank you, oil, for giving us some of these advancements, but then also let's leave the oil on the ground. I, I love that you're pointing at that because, you know, it's, it's, it's being kind of behind the curtain. It feels like it for, depending on which silo one has created in one's own reality, maybe that has come up over the last years more and more that all these projects are real. Right now we're seeing massive investment companies promising and showing that they are paying more attention, literally, like quite literally into people planet profit and the, the profit that is either going into or being made with more people and planet aligned and harmonized initiatives. I'd love to understand from you now that you're going to share the timeline we're on and the prophecy that's really bringing this into focus in this time. Um, just a little bit more about this, um, this like, solid trust and optimism and the practice around it that, that is going on in your life. So we, you know, we can maybe take some of those insights and practice them in our own lives as well. Yeah, yeah. Tap into the good. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's really what, what 
I am feeling, what the whole community of innovative, conscious business solutionists around the world, we all feel this. And one of the most important common denominators that I've talked about among different conversations and uh, leadership groups or guiding ceremonies or whatever it is, is the common denominator is that we do not allow the environment of other people's opinions and energy of any other conversation other than the positive one that we're on to allow to be infected or affect our environment. So I call that OPE, other people's energy, environment, and experiences. Okay, if that is how you want to manifest and believe this into your life, then that gets to be your experience, not mine. My experience is gonna be this one, and this is how I choose to live, and this is what I believe, and this is how it makes sense and shows up in my life. And guess what? Just like in the law of attraction that we all are pretty much aware of now, and magnetism and any other you know natural form of gravity and love that which you attract that which you put out into the universe will then come to you right this is part of the one of the natural laws of nature that we get to be the living examples of so that is definitely the first and foremost and the other is in taking assertive action right so there are many things that we can do to maintain our own energetic frequency, our own positive resource and, gen and regenerate that battery, whether it's from reaching out and communing with other communities or other people, that what the word community means is to come in unity. So get in unity with the people and the ideas and the thought leaders that you really want to be inspired by and uh, create that reality for, for yourself. So first is to unplug from what you know is not healthy and plug into that which you wish to create or manifest. And that will naturally bring to you your own awarenesses of what you're here for, right? Biggest question in, in life typically is why am I here? Well, let's figure it out, honey, because now we need all hands on deck. So <laughs> let's not go back to, again, there is no going back to that normal job, yes. which most people really didn't like their normal jobs anyway. So let's bring back that power of purpose and playfulness because guess what that's where the equation of prosperity comes in when you are in joy when you are loving what you do to be of purpose to be of service to humanity then the natural course of that will bring prosperity to you will bring that reciprocal reward of energy in its natural return so as you said earlier everything is energy and that's why everything matters Every word we speak, every decision we make, every person we talk to, everything that we eat or drink, everything matters more than ever right now. Beautiful. I love that, um, you know, that, that, that deep dive into some of the more universal beliefs and understanding that there are some principles that create literally forces like gravity into our own life. And so being aware of them and growing ever more conscious of them as we're walking in, in the human experience or bringing them back into remembrance into the human experience i think is is um really the job for every individual and so my question in that context you know as we're forming that as a collective as well is like when we go to the education system or to how we continue to learn in a lifelong kind of learning spiral here what would you what would you change or what do you what do you reckon is is happening right now in terms of changing the way we we continue to learn as adults and the way we teach and share with children to truly embody their power, their purpose, their, their why they're here on the planet. Well, yeah, um, that is definitely a deep work to do in our society because uh, I'm, I'm, well, I was <laughs> back in the day, I was known as the rogue rebel student because by the time I was in fifth grade, I was absolutely just out of, I couldn't handle going to school the way it was, right? I couldn't, they weren't teaching me fast enough. Uh, I was way ahead of what my teachers were even aware of. I started reading early. I wanted to know everything. I can intuitively see things that I had to understand and validate, but nobody had the answers for me, so I had to bust out of that system. And I went directly to college when I was 10 and a half years old and figured out a loophole in the wow. society. Now, those systems have been controlled in the, the last 30 years, but um, 
from that, it, was, it then created homeschooling, charter systems, all kinds of new ways that children get to learn through their own innate desires of passion and expression. And that's where, again, we get to really heal these societal wounds or uh, formats or programs that really aren't in, in truth or alignment with our human nature, biology even, of how our brain works, of how our senses evolve as we grow and age. In fact, um, you know, Mamal from the, the 12 documentary with the Lucille Foundation that we love, uh, I learned from him and the, the Koki tribe and many other indigenous tribes, including the Aborigine and uh, just all over the world, many, many tribes do not enforce the teachings of anything onto their children. They let their children teach them as these beautiful benevolent beings that come down with a clean, pure slate, and they let them live in the most uh, open, expressive environment, yet also, for example, Bakogi, they raise their children in caves for the first six to eight years of their life so that they can develop their intuitive abilities of clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognizance, of meditation, of connecting with the inner earth, with nature, with crystals, with plants, and then they get brought out into this adult world of having responsibilities and making a house and taking care of food and all those other things, yet those those uh, ideals are not imposed upon the children until they're actually big enough and mentally aware enough to apply that to who they are and who they came in here as to be. And that's where they actually start to get their name is once they've developed their own personality, their own characters, their own uh, things that they, that they love to love and love to share and create. So we get to implement some of those uh, ancient systems again somehow and really bring back that innocence especially to adults right now i'm finding a lot of a lot of adults that have um have been healing from this inability to really express what they love to mo the most and how they want to be of service and it all comes back to what did you love to do and play as a child the most Right, and I'm not talking about shooting up video games. Yeah, this question. Funnily enough, one of the people who asked that same question is Elon Musk, who, you know, among the many things that he said uh, was, "Remember the three things that you most obsessed with as a child, and truly connect with them, because that's where, as you said, like your path of purpose will connect you to prosperity each step along the way, as those topics are kind of like placed with you for a reason. Right, there's a reason why you. I don't know, in my case, like quite, quite literally, I was uh, somehow, obviously the internet was, was part of this interconnection that I was obsessed with, but like literally teleportation and space travel, which still seem quite far out for where this current normalcy of society is happening. But I don't know why I was even thinking of this as a child. Like I, I can't even tell you, it, it wasn't really necessarily that at the age of six or seven, which must have been like the early nineties in, in Europe, that teleportation was in some kind of media or in some kind of storyline. It was just something that was in the space of maybe call it a psychic remembrance at this point, you know? And, and so yeah. over the decades embodying this human vessel, it, these things might've moved further away from what is normal, but from the child's perspective, stopped to exist at one place and started to exist at another place. Totally. It almost felt like the most natural thing because, you know, I mean, where were you before you were born? You were existing in another place and then you started existing on planet Earth. So anyway, this is maybe like, like quite, quite far out there, but I think it's, it's fascinating to encourage people to really connect with what, what's deeply inside of their heart and their soul. Let's go into adults though, though, like, you know, because we know a lot of adults have been conditioned with this militarized industrial revolution learning system, which, which you know, it's losing the grip of power over most people. Um, but what do you encourage people to like find this way of trust and continue to educate them even in an advanced age? Like, how does that happen? Or how did that happen for you? And how do you, what do you want to share with people to, to do so? Yeah, I feel because I was so blessed and uh, nurtured in a very holistic environment growing up and 
even as a rebel to the system, I was completely supported and nurtured by my family. Like, well, we can't stop her anyway, so we might as well support her. <laughs> so I'm kind of an anomaly to uh, those that I, I work with, which is why I feel that, that, you know, they come to me for this guidance and this pattern that I've seen over many, many years now is that the return to innocence and Marianne Williamson calls it the return to love. And the return to innocence is really by going in and asking yourself, similarly going to that, that place of happiness and joy and innocence as a child before you were ever imposed by OPE or by trauma drama situations or stories about, you know, oh, your family suffered kind of thing, right? It's like, <laughs> that's so not my reality. Yet in that quantum entanglement that you're talking about by, you know, hopping timelines and things, we get to really get back to that, that place and that space of remembering why we're here and how sweet and loving and innocent it really is to want to help others, to want to be pure in nature, to want to just play and have a good time while we're here for a very short hundred or so years. I don't know, somebody said we can live up to 300 now. If you want to, <laughs> we got up. Well, for 120, I think that's already an upgrade to the current belief system. But, but yeah, like for that amount of time, it's pretty clear that we're here to live, but then we've kind of, you know, signed up to also die. So there's, there's literally no, no fear or threat to the ego as we're, we used to keep holding on to. We, we can immerse into that play and that co-creative expression when our belief systems support that, right? I mean, this is, it comes back to what do you believe is possible in, in this human experience? Yeah, and so that's, that's one of the things I love to teach is, well, that's all fine and great and everything, but how do I get there, right? How do I really, how do I really know that I'm innocent, they're innocent, my parents are innocent, that shame, blame, guilt story that was imposed by the religious governance systems starting about 2,500 years ago. Now, you know, that gets to be worked out of our cellular memory, out of our mental and ancestral memory as well. And the way we do that is through responsibility and assertive action. Right. And this is what a lot of people have been either shamed or, um, again, behind the curtain, you know, well, I'll just wait until I'm allowed to do it kind of a thing. Well, guess what? The portal is open. <laughs> All veils and curtains are down. Like, again, we, this is a time for everyone to show up in, in their fullest and brightest light. And for some people, that might be becoming, you know, very active in uh, being an advocate for the climate change movement, for petitioning with, you know, helping to protect the lands with the indigenous. There could be all kinds of things that you feel drawn to do in that assertive action by taking responsibility for yourself and for the seven generations before you and seven generations uh, ahead of you, right? So this is, again, where we really neutralize that story of, oh, this happened to me, or they did this to me, or I'm in this situation because of my, you know, uh, something that happened to my family kind of a thing. Well, then do something about it, figure it out, create a solution, have some fun with it, and then apply that to the world so other people can be inspired. That is where the com again, the common denominators that I'm seeing in the people that are creating the innovative solutions that are bringing their greatest joy to the world, they have that mindset of, well, nobody else fixed it for it, I'm gonna do it, right? Because the number one thing that, the, that, that stifles people's energy is the belief that someone else is gonna do it. Well, who's gonna, do, who's gonna take care of all that trash? You can start, pick that up, <laughs> it's pretty easy, right? And that's where like healing yourself and having that individual application to your life will have its the new ROI we call return of impact or ripples of impact. And it has those energetic ripples of positive reward and impact then just like every other energy in the universe. 100% ROI squared, right? Like return on investment and ripple of impact is is really i think where where true purpose happens right where it's not just like a like deliberation of the ego saying i want this so let me try to get this this is my purpose now but we're actually coming from a space of listening a space of creating a ripple of impact that serves the planet and, and the people around us and i like that you bring up the example of garbage because 
um, trash, garbage, pollution is, is, is a very real storyline that we have to encounter and, and face both internally, the, the way we polluted our consciousness, the way we polluted our beings with, with information, as well as externally, right? And as you said, like, picking up garbage might not feel glorious or it might not feel like it's the big solution if I pick up five pieces, but for our individual living spaces, it's true. If I pick it up, I live in a clean space. In a city, it's true. If we pick it up, then we live in a clean space. And so on a planet, of course, maybe on the level of the, the ocean's pollution at this point, we, we need innovative technology as well, but we know it's been invented. We know it's out there. We know it's actually being funded already. Um, so we can watch it happen on a large scale. And so maybe to complete that idea of trash and pollution, like uh, we talked about one trillion trees. Uh, we didn't talk about the mycelium and mushrooms yet. Like, you know, sometimes, I'm curious what else we are going to discover about the natural intelligence of this planet. And, and something tells me that there is a correlation between the way bacteria take care of um, the life cycles on this planet and our trash in, in that sense. Any insights on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, most of, most of our uh, trash or unbiodegradable trash has come from the industrialization of oil and the inner earth, you know, uh, bloodlines products. So yeah, how do we return that back? And now, again, we have those scientists, those people that were garbage collectors and trash pickers as children that have now grown up and love that they get to create the solution to restore plastics back into the original elements of resin so that that can be either reused in machinery or put back into the oil wells. So there's actually oil wells being replenished is part of the plan for some of these awesome inventions that are now funded. They're cleaning up the oceans, they're cleaning up trash piles. And um, one of the beautiful things that I read about the other day is that there was a, a movement in, that started, at, I'm pretty sure in New York or some deep inner city about dumpster divers. And it's now become a very glorified thing. It's like, you know, hey, you're not just, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to put any judgment around that <laughs> old storyline of people jumping in dumpsters, yet really they're finding extreme large amounts of grocery store waste that is still viable food. It's not outdated. It's not rotten. It's still usable. So that trash system, again, started to be picked up by teenagers who said, hey, my mom can't afford to feed us and these grocery stores are throwing food away. We're going to go ahead and relieve them of that uh, you know, obligation to actually pay for good food to be thrown out when we can make good use of it, right? And so that got back, it got back recycled into the ecosystem of uh, using that actually as financial means of a resource of, of food, of viability. It helped to save money for multiple different parties involved. And it's now created a, a movement just as picking up trash has become now a, a movement. In fact, in Jamaica, have you seen this? There's a, a meme that uh, has gotten very popular now and the beaches are clean because of it. And the whole reward is that um, the, the locals decided, hey, I know what will inspire people. They pick up 10 pieces of trash and I'll give you a joint. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody picked up trash. <laughs> it's amazing. You'll, you'll get high and you'll like clean up even more. That is, that is a good one. I mean, correlating it with, with a little incentives people actually want. I, yeah, no, it's, it's very much in the belief systems and I want to bring it full circle to what you said at the beginning of this episode, like being able to develop the ability of resilience and, and, and that sometimes requires us to boldly face what's up, right? So when it comes to trash or even food waste, especially food waste, I'll share like a, a small anecdote of belief systems and, you know, my mom, bless her heart, anytime we would talk about topics that go into that direction of the food system, there, there is this like automated response with a deep grieving sadness of, oh, you can't even want to think about that. Or like, it's not even allowed and translating, loosely paraphrasing from what she says in German, but like, you, it's so bad, like you, you can't even think about that. And so it's like, really, that can't even think about which we have to lift that veil because we have to think about what is so obviously visible if yeah. we don't look deliberately away. And um, yeah, it will definitely mean we'll have to restructure the way we distribute food and we have access to things. And 
you know, I, I jokingly, not jokingly say wink to Coca-Cola and Budweiser and companies that have the distribution pathways to reach every person on the planet. Let's see if we can, we can bring food to, to more people in the world. Um, yes. Yeah, on, that note, on that note, I want to ask you, let's context that with your vision for earth and your dream for the planet. You've already shared so much, but I'd really love to understand, like, you know, you're so tapped into uh, prophecy and, and so tapped into the timelines of change and the great transition or the great shift that is under, underway. So in, in that context of those seven generations behind us that brought us to this moment, but also the seven generations for whom we're embodying this shift, like, what do, you, what do you believe is really possible on this planet? What do you see is your dream for the, the green planet, blue planet that you're holding and stewarding? Well, uh, the very first vision that I see is that people take the blinders off. Because guess what? It was our own systems and uh, enabling of those systems that kept the blinders on. And this is where then the blame shame of, oh, well, they're the ones who made us do it. No, no, honey, we enabled that, okay? At some point, everybody has enabled that, that system. So again, let's take some responsibility and then some uh, steps to, uh, of action and inspired incentive to make that better for ourselves and for our family. And so with that and the, 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 the utopia, right? There's either the belief system of the uh, apocalypse or utopia. Well, <laughs> we can't have both. We might for a little bit, it might be seemingly uh, chaotic, yet in the actual equation of chaos, it creates brilliance. Chaos is brilliance in the making. The actual word of crisis means a challenge to be resolved. And this is what we're actually in the middle of doing right now. And through that is, again, what we get to create solutions of harmony for the highest good of humanity with the natural rhythms and balance of nature. And so we really don't know what that is. We get to envision and co-create that together because the past of what we have learned from ancient civilizations didn't get to the level or that we're aware of yet, to the level of electronics and uh, technology that we have now. They had other energetics and uh, systems that uh, worked for, for that timeline, yet now, we, that's what we really get to focus on, is where are we going to bring the, this bridge of balance back into what uh, they call in the, in the Vedas, the Antakanana, the real bridge of consciousness. So there is that balance. It's not about uh, being, and a lot of people, you know, get a little, a little tiffy with me sometimes or with other people and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to go live on the trees or something. You know, they still want natural comforts. And guess what? We get to have both. We get to have it all. It's just in a different way. So this is the co-creation of this new utopia vision that we're all responsible to bring our innovations, to bring our greatest skills and artwork, like in the beautiful community of Dominger, where I live in, in Italy as often as I can get there. <laughs> and they're in their fourth generation now. They have children that were born there in this uh, community that has done has done it, right? They have taken the ancient teachings and applied it to modern day living and bridged that with this modern community system that is working. So they're leading the way along with a few others that have put this into practical sense. Powerful, I love the shout out for examples that are, you know, putting that into practical sense. And, and yeah, very well put, like you can't really have dystopia and utopia at the same time maybe only for a short window we know and i thank you so much for your time I, i'd love to give you uh, you know the chance to do uh, either a shout out or a call to action or something else you feel called to share at this point um so people can can learn more about you and like connect more and deeper with your work as well 
Amazing. Thank you, Julian. And I appreciate all that you're doing for our beloved planet and for humanity and bringing that inspired vision to everyone. And for those of you who would like to learn more about the prophecies, timelines, immunity, natural balance systems, you can go sign up for some of the free community courses at miraclematrix.academy. It's not .com, it's miraclematrix together and then .academy. And from there, for those of you who are innovative solutionists and what I call emancipated leaders, then we have a wisdom council group there as well that you can tap into and check out and yeah i mean i, I mentioned several different uh companies and people that are doing great things in the world and yeah one of the things that i'm really focused on in the technology piece right now is with the new autonomous internet so that we can get rid of or be uh, less dependent on the data centers on the conglomerates that are or have been owning our information we can be sovereign autonomous and really restore that balance of information access to education and resources and people can look up threefold.io for more information about that and i'll have christoph on later this week actually which is yeah. going to be a delight to learn more about threefold and 4g like technology that can possibly you know connect connect those dots in a different way Thank oh, you so much again. That's a big one. We can go there next time. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. And that's that. Another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon. Mm -hmm.